and I will tell you my absolute favorite big book quote is from the story, acceptance was the answer. And it's the sentence that says, before AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. And I'm just so grateful today that my insides match my outsides and that I am a person of integrity and that I do what I say I'm going to do. And, and I live my life in such a way that nobody ever questions if I'm really going to do that thing that I said I was going to do or be at that place that I said I was going to be. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey there, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Sammy, I've got a little quiz for you. Mm. I've got a quote from our literature, and I want to see if you can identify the source. And this should be easy because it's one of those powerful passages that everybody quotes all the time. The conference through ample discussion, always strives for substantial unanimity. Before a vote is taken, plenty of time is allotted for full discussion, including questions about the background of a recommendation and committee's reasons for coming to its conclusions. Sammy responds smarmily. Clearly, that is from the super secret service manual. <laughs> you got it. I knew you would. That's from... Page S58 of the AA service manual. Ooh, now why would they say S58? What's that, the S for? I don't know. Do you? It's because that's part of the service manual. <laughs> the service manual is actually the service manual and the 12 concepts for world service. <laughs> See these quizzes? You learn so much. All right, quiz master, I've got one for you. Okay, service nerd. <laughs> <laughs> then came the inevitable explosion. Something like that day the boiler burst in Wombly's Clapbird factory. <laughs> oh, what a terrible, terrible explosion. <laughs> I, I know it comes from the 12 and 12. Yep, page 149. You know, I looked into Wombly's clapboard boiler disaster before, and it seems to be a regionalism, just something that was popular in the area, I guess, in New England. Mm. I don't, if anybody does know, write us and let us know. Or call. Absolutely, please. Call the number available at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. But the other one that I love is Langley's Flying Machine. No, oh, that one's mentioned in the big book. Yeah, you can see old photos of that disaster on the web. I mean, there's there's pictures of it. He was famous for failing to fly. <laughs> I've seen all kinds of footage of flying machines. I'm going to have to figure out which one's his. <laughs> well, today we've got a scintillating game of Stump the Thumpers, our big book quiz show. I'm looking forward to meeting our guest contestant, Amy. I wanted her to be on because I listened to her on the Tao of Our Understanding podcast. It's about the Tao and recovery. And all of the people on there rib her for bringing the big book quotes. Sounds like an ideal victim. I mean, uh, guest. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, no pressure.
Grapevine does not accept donations, but you can offer your support by making a purchase at store.aagrapevine.org or by the Carry the Message gift certificates to sponsor Grapevine subscriptions for alcoholics in need. That's store.aagrapevine.org. Order a copy of the new book, Fun in Sobriety, and join us August 22nd for a group discussion. Participate by calling 212-870-3418 with your reflections on fun and sobriety, and we may play it on the show. That's 212-870-3418. Hey guys, my name is Amy and I'm an alcoholic and I've recently moved to Dallas, Georgia, although I'm known by my online home group, Fourth Dimensioners, as Ackworth Amy. My sobriety date is March 12th of 2013 and I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Really glad to have you, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Your online home group? Yes. The Fourth Dimensioners. Fourth Dimensioners. We meet every single night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, We are listed in the AA Intergroup online meetings. And I say online home group because I also have an in-person home group. And that's Saturday night specials. And we meet, guess what? On Saturday night at 7 (laughs) (laughs) p.m. So does the Fourth Dimensioner group meet in the Fourth Dimension? We are rocketed to the fourth dimension of existence every single night. That's a big book quote. Yes, it is. (laughs) How many meetings do you go to a week? Well, I drink every day. I I don't exactly attend a meeting every day now, but I, I go to at least five or six meetings a week. Online, I have service commitments uh, with the fourth dimensioners on Sunday night and Friday night. And any other night, they need some help to fill in because it takes a lot to run an online meeting seven nights a week. So I'm super plugged in to service work. And then I'm working with sponsees at least five nights a week. And I work with my sponsor one night a week. So yeah. willing to go to any links. Right in the middle of it, aren't you? Absolutely. That's absolutely. the way to do it. Yeah. Now tell me, have you ever heard of the super secret service manual? You know, funny that you say that because I might have a copy of the super secret service manual on my bookcase back there. So yes, I've heard of it and I might've read it a little bit. Oh, even read it. Ooh. A little bit. I've read a little bit. I I love it. I haven't delved into it. Amy, when did you get sober? March 12th, 2013. Why did you get sober? Why, why would you do something so drastic as that? It certainly isn't because I wanted to, because see... I like the effects produced by alcohol. So I chased that for years and years. I had a hobby when I drank. I liked to drive. (laughs) (laughs) The county didn't really like that too much. So it was actually my third documented DUI. And I say documented because how many should I have? I don't shit on myself anymore. How many would you have? How many did you qualify for? I (laughs) infinite number. Yeah, my third DUI left me in front of a judge who said you can either take this outpatient treatment program called Cobb County DUI Court or you can go to jail for a while. And I said, well, I don't play well with others. I run with scissors and and I might stab someone. So (laughs) I'll try that program you've got there. I often say that I was forced into the best life I could ever possibly imagine because I fought it. I did not want to stop drinking. It was my solution. Yeah. So what was that program like? 
And did you resent going to it? Yes. So we had to go to group therapy a few times a week. We had to get a sponsor. We had to randomly take drug tests at their discretion, not ours. We had to do individual therapy. And I say I had to do all those things because my drinking was, you know, kind of threefold for me. Yes, it's the physical, mental, and spiritual, but I initially drank because I wanted to, and then I drank because I needed to, and then I drank because I had to. Mm. And that's the opposite in sobriety. I came because I had to, got sober because I had to, stayed sober because I needed to, and now I stay sober because I want to. So I, I get to do all these things today. But as far as that resentment goes, absolutely. Every single time we had a group therapy session, we had to check in with a feeling word. And mine was never really a feeling <laughs> word. It was an F you. I don't belong here. I can't believe you're making me do this. Maybe people can hear it in your voice, but I wish they could see your face when you say feeling word. Yes. I felt it. I could have just like, because, you know, I would have been the same way. Yeah. What was a challenge? Like something that you resisted, but turned out to be a gift. The challenge was not drinking. Yeah. That was absolutely the challenge. I I didn't know how to go one minute, one hour, one day without drinking. And so now that's a gift. There were so many challenges, you know, passing the drug test and not drinking and going to the group therapy, digging inside to get down to the causes and conditions of why I behaved the way I did. They said, you have to get a sponsor. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is this? And that sponsor got to call a phone line once a week and kept it anonymous, but just said, you know, I'm working with Amy and she's doing well or she's not doing well. And when I asked this lady to be my sponsor, I thought, oh, good. She's older. She will appreciate me saying this. She's she's an old lady. She's going to call that phone line. She's not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> boy, was I wrong. God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. And it turns out that Diane is still my sponsor after all these years. And she took me by the hand and she walked me through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and the Traditions. And she shared her experience, strength, and hope and guided me along the path that I didn't even know I wanted to go down. Can you describe how the things that AA asked us to do helps us keep from drinking? (sighs) That's a very good question. You know, AA asked us to work the steps. What does work the steps mean? You know, it was tough to take a look at myself and get down and, and really dig deep, you know, to that innermost self. What's going on deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. So, right, I had to concede to my innermost self, where I also found that higher power. It's um, the work. It's AA suggests that we go to meetings, that we get a sponsor, that we work with steps. Most importantly, it suggests that we give it away. So, who knew that all of those horrific things that I did to myself and to other people would ever come back to benefit Mm. someone else, you know, sharing that I used to be very ashamed of all the things that I did. And now, interestingly enough, I'm so incredibly grateful for those experiences, the jails, the institutions and death, losing custody of my children, getting arrested time after time, going through 
failed marriages, you know, all those horrific things that I was so ashamed of and so guilt-ridden from doing. Now I share that with someone else who has a desire not to drink one day at a time. And guess what? It gives them hope. And they think, oh, if she got through that, maybe I can too. Yeah. Yeah. Helping new people in the meeting, just talking to people after the meeting who are new and have questions forces me to stay on top of my game, (laughs) forces me to do all the work, to look at myself. And if I'm telling someone else that I've got to be doing it myself, you know, it keeps me accountable. Mm -hmm. But I really thought that the fourth step made it searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And then to share that with another person was not that good of an idea because the, uh, (laughs) because it's going to stir up all the mud in the bottom of the lake that settled there. And now you're going to get the lake all agitated and it's going to be a mess. And sure enough, it is a mess Mm -hmm. when that happens. It kind of was non-intuitive. So what was your experience of working the fourth step the first time? Oh, I love this question. When I showed up at my sponsor's house to tell her my fifth step after I had written this composition notebook of my fourth step, I thought, oh, goody, finally, someone is going to understand what a victim I am. And she's (laughs) going to say, oh, my gosh, I would have drank, too, if all of that stuff happened to me. You poor thing. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes, you poor baby, it's going to be okay. I understand. I would have drank too. So I was very excited to show up over there and to word vomit all of this stuff. So, what happened when I started telling her I was born on my birthday and I was, I'm a twin, and my parents thought they were having a boy and they had twin girls and so I was the black sheep of the family initially. I mean, I, I led with that. And she called me a selfish, you know what? And I thought, oh my God, it's going to be a long day. This woman has no <laughs> idea. I immediately started crying and I was like, oh, she hates me. She thinks I'm a horrible person. But what happened after that is, is one of the most miraculous things that I've ever experienced in my life. She matched every single story, every single experience that I had with her own. And she said, maybe it didn't look exactly like that in my life. So let me tell you what it did look like for me. And I got to, as Chuck does, uncover, discover, and discard. I got to uncover the reasons that I drank and did the things that I did. I got to discover who I really am at the to my innermost self. And I got to discard all the things that don't serve me well anymore. And I left her house that day feeling a euphoria that I chased all of those years trying to get from the alcohol. So at that point, I knew that some kind of psychic change had occurred. Some type of spiritual awakening or spiritual experience had occurred. And I knew I was going to be okay. Fantastic. So now Flipping roles here, when you sit down to listen to someone's first fifth step, how does that work for you? How do you do that? Well, my sponsees show up with a whole lot of paperwork, right? Because that's also a suggestion to write it down and get it out of this head, right? 
And they show up, you know, I read a couple of the paragraphs in the big book where it gives a description of what the fifth step, you know, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating all the dark crannies. I always have snacks. I have sweet, savory. I ask them what their favorite beverage, not alcoholic, of course, beverage is. (laughs) (laughs) And we're prepared for a long talk. It says that in the book, right? We just start at the very beginning and it's as informal of a process as can be. You know, they just start describing their life story. And then after a few hours, usually we've, we've uncovered some patterns of behavior. You know, we've uncovered some resentment, some fears. And then once they get through telling their life story, then we go back to the, to the paperwork, the columns, if you will. Mm -hmm. And if they've left anything out, we go through those and we talk about them. And then I send them on their way so they can have that hour that hour alone with themselves and their higher power. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. So I try to reiterate or convey exactly what was done for me, right? My sponsor said is some of the things that I was the most ashamed of. He just looked at me and said, I did that. And I knew that he did. And he, just like you said, shared what he had done. It was such a relief for me. But the beauty of it was, it was a relief for him because when it's turned around, like you shared, then I'm able to say to the new person, I did that. You don't have to be that person anymore. It's hugely so. It's unique to those in recovery, I think, how we have our conversations. And it's not this this one-upping thing that is out there. It's just this really intimate communication between two people. And all that, how to do it and all is laid out in the big book. And Sam, I think you probably picked up where Amy probably has quoted the big book about 112 times so far. I have picked up a few (laughs) things that sounded really familiar. Yeah. So I think that that might be a point where it's time to play Stump the Thumpers. That's a big book. Our big book quiz show. And here's our quiz master, Donnie Wani Ding Dong. (laughs) Thanks, Spammy. Now, I've researched the first 164 pages of the big book. And Dr. Bob's story. Sam. Let's keep this simple. I've found a few easy questions for our contestants. Mm-hmm. Easy, yeah, if you know the answer. It's multiple choice. So it's as easy as one, two, three. Yeah, maybe times 87 divided by pi. <laughs> and what do they win, Sam? The warm glow of accomplishment. What a nice <laughs> warm glow. Lovely. Is that all? Mm, and a parade everyone loves a parade (laughs) particularly an alcoholic (laughs) okay i've got three questions today amy so for each question guess right you get two thousand points that's a lot of points there are never never enough points amy are you ready i think i'm ready yes (laughs) (laughs) all right okay here's the first question I finished this sentence in more about alcoholism. I'm going to give you four possibilities. Losing control of our drinking leads to one, 
insanity or death. Two, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Three, health farms and sanitariums. Four, wetting ourselves or worse. <laughs> Losing control of our drinking. I know all of those things are in the big book. Well, Ex- well maybe not. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not wetting so- ourselves. No, so okay, no, so you can no. eliminate four. So losing control of our drinking leads to health farms and sanitariums. <gasps> the answer is on page 30. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control. Which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. <laughs> yes, the answer is number two: pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. <laughs> that, so we I don't quote it; just don't test me on it. <laughs> in time to now, it sounds like you have a big book open there. This is not an open book quiz. <laughs> No, no, no. It's on page 42, not 30. Uh, How how, how fast can you type that search in, Amy? Right, right. Nope. There's my fingers. (laughs) We're going to have to, like, get a proctoring software for Zoom so that we can... (laughs) Losing control of our drinking leads to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. What does that mean? Wow. Immediately, I just think of, I can't believe I did this again. Why did I do this again? Am I really in the courtroom again? Yeah. It's the complete failure again and again against massive amounts of self-will. I cannot control my drinking. Yeah. Lowering my standards to meet my circumstances. Truly. If I had a turtle shell that I could pull into, I would totally do it. Was when I realized again, this is where I am. Can I just hide from the world? And of course, I could by drinking. And then you'll end up in health farms and sanitariums, sanitariums. and you know, with insanity and death. All the all of those are true. But and probably wetting yourself or worse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all a possibility. <laughs> okay, finish this quote from two employers. I had had nothing to drink, whatever for three years, and this in the face of difficulties that would have made nine out of 10 men, one, drink with complete abandon, two, drink to disillusion, three, drink their heads off, four, drink a bathtub full of gin. Four, drink a bathtub full of gin. Don, you are mean. Now, we have had a professional on to chide you on how hard you make these questions. Yes. (laughs) The answer is on page 138. I had had nothing to drink whatever for three years, and this in the face of difficulties that would have made nine out of ten men drink their heads off. The answer is number three, drink their heads off. Don, I don't think anybody would get that answer. 
Well, uh, it might be random because all of them are possibilities. Drink with complete abandon. There's a quote in the big book. I think it's in (laughs) Dr. Bob's story where he talks about drinking bathtub gin. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little unfair. And also, though, I got to say that it's a little unfair. (laughs) I think we're starting to get some amends here. We're not quite there. (laughs) (laughs) And and also, I got to say, it's a little You can tell that this is an employer, not an alcoholic, I guess, because difficulties that would make nine out of 10 people drink their heads off. Circumstances don't make me drink. I'm an alcoholic. I drank whether life was going great. That's a good reason to drink. If it's terrible, that's a good reason to drink. If it's boring, that's a good reason to drink. If the cap is on the bottle or off. (laughs) That's a good reason to drink. Any day that ends in Y is a good day to drink. There you go. (laughs) All right. Last question. Bill W. loved a metaphor. Which one of these routes is not in the big book? One, the path of least resistance. Two, the broad highway. Three, the road of happy destiny. Four, the road to recovery. Path of least resistance. Yes, answer number one, the path of least resistance is not in the big book. That's 2,000 points, Amy. Okay, well, since you only got one right, let's get let's go for a bonus question here. And well, give I you think a that was shaming. There, you only got one right. <laughs> that, Don, you have got you you've got such amends to make at the end of this podcast. <laughs> but I'm glad you're giving me a bonus because more is better. Because that's mine is the disease yes. of more. Yes. Absolutely, I like the way you think. <laughs> Finish this sentence from how it works. Remember. We deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and one, powerful, two, bodacious, three, doing push-ups in the parking lot. Powerful. <laughs> You're right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I think we get a confetti cannon with that one. <laughs> yes, page 58. Remember, we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. The answer is number one, powerful. <laughs> Amy, you did fantastically. And you want to know what bonus question points are? 20,000. Yes. 20,000? Yes. 200. Yes. I mean, no, 20,000. <laughs> no, 22,000. Don's trying to do math here, folks. <laughs> Amy, thanks so much. Oh, indeed. Thank you. You're a brave soul. (laughs) Is is it brave or was she just willing and unwilling and (laughs) did not really know what she was getting herself into and just how dastardly your quizzes are? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll be willing to play again at a future date. Amy, thanks so much. Thank you. (laughs) Perseverance and courage. There you go. A drunk was arrested for selling home-distilled whiskey.
At the trial, his lawyer put him on the stand and asked the jurors to look carefully at his client. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you've looked carefully at the defendant. Can you sit there in the jury and honestly believe that if my client had any whiskey, he would sell it? Not Not guilty. guilty. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.